Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, BA fam, Mandy here. Or Mandra. You can call me Mandra. That's fine. I have a simple request for you guys. We get so many questions on how you can support the show. And there's really a very, very simple thing that we need you guys to do. Open up this app, open up wherever you're listening to this podcast right now and subscribe if you have the ability, especially those of you who are on iTunes. We're really making a push to get the show more visible. You've seen that we've partnered with a fabulous new network called Westwood One, but we also need the support of our listeners. So if you are a listener, a loyal listener, please subscribe. And if you haven't yet, take a few seconds and leave a five-star review. And even a written review would be the icing on the cake, but at least subscribe, Leave us a five-star review and continue to support the show. This is so, so crucial. It is basically how we tell the internet that our podcast is worth promoting and featuring and getting charted. And we deserve to be at the top of the charts, just like any other show out there. We can't do it without your support. So thank you very, very much. Subscribe, like, and review the show. And we thank you so much. Hey, hey, hey. I'm not going to lie. My back hurts. We're back. We're black. We're brown ambition. Hey, Mandra, I pulled my back. We're aging (laughs) gracefully. I know. Between my arm surgery, because I guess I'm sleeping this kind of way to like not like sleep on my shoulder subconsciously when I'm sleeping. And so now I've got a back pull. So I'm feeling 107. But you know, how are you doing? I mean, I mean, I'm by by comparison, I'm good. My back is not pulled, but um, I'm wondering, is it time for some acupuncture? Do we need a massage therapist, chiropractor? Well, I'm going to physical therapy. Like my arm is actually feeling better and better, but like, you know, I'm just, I know what it is because I felt when I woke up, I was in this odd position, like with my shoulder kind of like, you know, protecting itself. And I guess my back was like, girl, what is this position? We'll show why you. Do, why do we hurt ourselves in our sleep? You <laughs> know, like know. I was waking, I've been waking up with headaches and I went to the dentist for the first time since the since quarantine because I was like, I'm not about to get COVID to get a dental cleaning. I'm just yeah. floss more, floss more. But anyway, I finally went and she said, yeah, you probably you're grinding your teeth at night. Mm. And um and it just so happened it was the, a 2 week period where I had a lot going on. It wasn't bad stress, but it was like I was clearly anxious in my sleep. And I'm like, can yes. we not even get a break from our own selves? <sighs> no. <laughs> asleep? No. What is this? It's <laughs> no. like, damn it. <laughs> uh but um well, I'm very I I hope that your back feels better. Um, yeah, well, you know, you know, when you get a pull, it takes like some like some days, sometimes even a couple of weeks, but I'm just like, ugh. but you know, I mean, I'm alive and I'm happy. Things are good. But you know, all in all. Listen to your body. Listen mm-hmm. to your body. Mm-hmm. I do want to take a moment because the just to acknowledge what's going on in the Asian American community. It's been going on for the past solid year this rise in anti-Asian hate crimes. And even though they won't call them hate crimes, just... It's just crazy. Criminal activity toward Asians, unnecessary violence. And what happened last week in Atlanta, really, I think... It just shook. Yeah, it was horrendous. It was was shocking. It was disgusting. It was tragic. And I just wanted to to let our listeners know, and if um, any... You know, everyone who supports Brown Ambition or, and beyond, and if you're Asian American, we stand with you. And if there's anything we can do to be allies to you and your time of need, let us know. And we hope that you guys are, if you're doing well, and if you have Asian American friends and family, check in on them, check in on them, ask how they're doing. I've 
tried to do that thoughtfully the past week. And I, I speaking from experience, what happened when, you know, after last summer's social unrest after George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, I appreciated those messages just to check in and see how you're doing. So um, yeah, check in and my heart goes out to those those families, man, those families and those women who were murdered senselessly and the customers too. It was, I just, it's, it's heartbreaking. It truly is. Yeah. I just, I just can't even imagine. It's just, well, I, I just don't get it. I'm like, what? I honestly can't wrap my mind around how you could hate someone someone you don't know for the color of their skin, the race that they are, so much so that you would do something so egregious. And then how it's excused. You know, like he was having a bad day. It's just I- a bad day. No, that's the what way- they said. <laughs> yes. The way that that officer at that press conference was trying to, it was almost like he his tone was very much like, calm down, everybody. This young man, he has, this gentleman has, you know, admitted to the crime and he was having a bad day and he had what he perceived to be a temptation and a sexual addiction and he, and he needed to what, murder eight people? I just, it just, it was bad, 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 bad for that sheriff, I don't know, sheriff's department, law enforcement in general. And to see, oh, oh no, another white man inflict mass a mass shooting on this country and walk away, you know, unscathed. 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 Like literally, Mike Brown, yeah. hey, we think we think he stole a cigar. You know, Eric Garner. George you know, Floyd. My, I just, a counterfeit $20 bill, was it? I, I mean, <laughs> and then people are like, well, you know, so people deserve to die for that. But this man literally killed, murdered eight people. And I, I'm not suggesting the police should have shot him dead where he he was, but like, but then all this compassion for him, and like, oh, were they were they working legally? So does that mean that people can just, oh, I think I think there's some people who who might not have their green card, so me as a citizen could just go and do whatever I want. I just honestly, mm-hmm. I'm exhausted, and I just. I don't know. Like, I don't know what it takes for people to say, like, enough is enough is enough is enough. And, you know, does it take for, like, every single marginalized group to be brutally attacked before we we band together to say no more? You know? Um, But, yeah. I I think in a sad way, it's an inflection point for everyone to better understand what Asian Americans have gone through in this country. And I have very close friends who are from the Asian American community, very close to me. And I even, as a person of color, as a woman of color, wasn't 100% aware of what they felt day to day. I I guess I just took for granted because I think there is this, there's this deep divide in the Asian American community. And I've I've been reading about this economically, you know, you have, uh, there's this perception that Asian Americans are better off and they, you know, they're better off than other minorities and financially, economically speaking, that they're doing well, that they're the um, the model minority I've even yeah, heard, heard that. out yes. there. Yes, But the lived experience, no one's, I don't feel like we've bothered to ask Asian Americans, like what, what sort of experience do you have day to day? And what sort of experience do your parents have? And my closest friend, you know, I, I don't want to put her, I don't want to like tell a story that's not mine, but I, I admire her so much. Her parents are um, immigrants from Vietnam, uh, came over, you know, their story is just extraordinary. And um, her mom, her mom owns a hair salon in Atlanta, and she's having her mother put up signs that say, "You know, we're keeping our doors locked. Ring the doorbell, and we will come." And it's just surreal. I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I haven't know. I haven't known what to say to her. Yeah. And all I can say is just, I'm sorry, and we should all be learning and listening to our Asian American brothers and sisters today, the same way we, you know, would want to be listen to and have our pain acknowledged and not not minimalized because what we think they must be going through. No, I totally agree. I don't know like a well you know Jason Vitug, like you know he's mm-hmm. part of like, you know, the financial. Oh, yeah, Jason. yeah, so he you know, Jason's pretty quiet. If you guys follow him, he's awesome. He's got this awesome brand called Frugal, but it's spelled like P H R O O G A L. And um, you know, he's just like a friend in finance, but just a friend in real life too, but you know, that 
So he's been posting and sharing some of like the stories of what people have called him and and how he's been treated. And I, you know, you just he's like the sweetest, quietest guy. You would never know all this, all of this pain was beneath that. And I just just really proud of him um, for sharing, you know, on social and just it just whenever you share your story, people get an opportunity to grow and to learn. And so, yeah, yeah. And for the rest of us, it's our turn to shut up and listen. Yes. I'm trying. I, didn't, I haven't done such a great job trying to be an ally myself, but I'm, I'm trying and I'm learning to, to shut up and listen. And, you know, this all happened in the past week, too, al- alongside that news that the editor-in-chief at Teen Vogue, yeah, um, a young black woman, Alexi McCammond. I mean, this situation, you want to talk about it for a little bit? Because yes. it was all happening at the same time. Oh, yes. And it's been painful for me to see that go down as a black woman in media and journalism. Um, You want to see your sisters rise. You want to be happy for them. It's really painful for me to see what's happened. So um, Alexi, she was just named Teen Vogue editor-in-chief a couple of weeks ago. It feels like it was not that long ago. She hadn't even started yet. And the Asian American staff at Teen Vogue basically wrote a petition against her hire because she Um, It had been uncovered a couple of years ago that she had tweeted some really stupid, really racist um, things about. Yes, yes, I read them. I was like, what? Idiotic things when she she was was 17. I was going to say she was seven because she's like, what, 27 now? So this is about 10 years ago? 10 years ago. Yeah. Which is nuts. I mean, she was so, so young now, but, you know, even younger then. But those tweets were already out in the public because when she was a reporter for Axios, they, um, I think it was after she was named the Emerging Journalist of the Year from the NABJ, National Association of Black Journalists, those tweets were uncovered. And um, again, when she called out Charles Barkley for um, using some aggressive language toward her, the tweets were resurfaced again. You know, Twitter, uh, the Twitter, uh, Twitterati, whatever you want to call them, they will go and find those social media demons. And it, it led to her, she finally resigned before she'd even had a first day on the job, I think last week, Friday, the days are blurring together. But um, I mean, it, it was the kind of accountability that I understand. And uh, it's it's a small consolation, I think, to, to the staff at Teen Vogue who really probably felt like WTF, you know? Mm. And this was not, the thing is like, it wasn't un, like it was known, the tweets, you know? So the fact that Anna Wintour and whoever at Condé Nast Thought, saw that and said, eh, it's okay. She said yeah. sorry, kind yeah. of. It was it was difficult to see, but I I'm, I I hope that she's learning and growing from it. And um, I, I don't I don't wish ill of her at all. As another black woman, and, and I, like we're all growing and learning. It just it it's pain on all sides for me. You know, it's so crazy because it's I as a you know as a black woman, it's rare that I'm on the other side to see what it must feel like to the person, you know, because as a black woman, I could see like, you know, how on, on, uh, uh, it just see, it's, it just feels strange to not, because if someone were to say they're working at like Essence or something like that, and then it was uncovered later, like, you know, that this person used all these racial slurs. I mean, cause I read it, they, you know, it wasn't, these weren't light things. These were really terrible mm-hmm. things. I'd be like, I don't care if she was five. That's what I would think. Yeah. You know, like, I'd be like, I don't care if she was five years old. I, I, this is, especially during what's happening now with, you know, Black Lives Matter movement. This is an especially sensitive time. And so I can see on the other side, if I was Asian American, I would feel the same. I mean, I could say, you know, you know, I could say like, oh, she's just 17. But I look at Supergirl my stepdaughter, and she's 14. And although at 14, definitely, you know, she has a lot of growing to do, but she has a sense of right and wrong. I'm not saying that she's not on, because we we really try to monitor her social media, you know, but, you know, kids get away and do whatever they want. But um, yeah, I have a hard time because, yes, I want to see my sisters rise. And, you know, certainly something like this carrying you like through the rest of your life, no matter what you do, someone's going to bring it up. But at the same time, as someone who's been on the other side of seeing people be like, well, he was 25. Well, he was. And then being the, the you know, the people on the other side 
who are always asked to forgive and let it go. I could understand like if Asian Americans mm-hmm. is like, I'm not because We're not honestly, this one go. Yeah. I feel the same, you know, that like I'm not willing to give people passes for past transgressions that are egregious and multiple. Yeah. You know, so I can, although like I'm like, yes, I love to see my sisters right. But if girl, you wrong, you you're wrong. And, you know, I don't think. You know, and I know because a lot of my friends on um, social who are Asian are like, you know, everybody went up for Black Lives Matter. We felt they felt unseen and unheard because, you know, they're considered, you know, like to there's some privilege there. And so I know that, you know, I just know that they like they feel it's, you know, people are seeing and hearing them. And so I don't want to take that away, despite the yeah. fact that, you know, she was. But I can understand, though, it's hard because you're like, oh, man, this is such an awesome opportunity and I'm not gonna lie and I want to say her name because I'm like I do not want to drag up but there was a really good friend of mine who had a huge Twitter storm and and social media storm around her a couple years ago it was really bad and I'm not gonna lie it had me looking through my Twitter like have I ever said anything because it's scary Mm -hmm. have I ever like you know I was like oh my gosh like have I and I didn't think so but you don't, you know, I don't remember every single thing I posted, but I don't know that I was using Twitter don't in that way. Don't give them a challenge, Tiffany. Although I don't think our <laughs> listeners would do that. Yeah, no, no. But I don't, honestly, no, I, honestly, I, I honestly don't. I have the exact same fear. I you know? Do. And so I can understand where you're coming from because I'm definitely like, uh, you know, like, I don't, I don't know if I've said anything that would require me to be like, yikes. And so, and who knows what, I offer, I want to offer grace and space, but I also want to give people the space to say, hell no. So mm-hmm. I can understand both sides, you know? Yeah. I even struggle trying, and I made the mistake of sharing my view with my good friend who's Asian American and dealing with all this trauma. That was stupid. And I'm just mm-hmm. going to publicly apologize to her. I've already apologized to her privately. No one needs to hear me be, be afraid of what this means for me and my Twitter history. Like, no, that is not, I'm glad. But Tiffany and I, we can talk, we can talk yeah. about it. Um, but yes, absolutely. And just from a career standpoint, I have just seen, I mean, maybe just because I'm in journal, I've been in journalism circles for so long and maybe it's more common, but even people who aren't in journalism, I've got a relative who was fired from Delta because she made a comment on a Facebook thread on like in a news, a news uh, channel's Facebook page about, Mm. about a, uh, a racial injustice. She made a comment there and someone saw it and she lost a job. So listen, it's not a freedom of speech thing because companies are private companies. You know, they can... They, it's an at-will employment situation, y'all. So just to caution, and and nothing is private, and there's no line, I don't think, between being an employee and then being a person. Honestly, if you say something dumb enough, you're you're definitely going to lose job. And if you don't work for a nine-to-five, still, you can lose advertisers, clients. So yeah, just think twice before you, before you post. And listen, you can download, did you know you can download a Twitter history? Like, you can download every tweet you've ever tweeted. <laughs> And then search and see what's in there. You can. It takes a while, but it's a thing. So I'm just saying, if y'all are sweating it, you might want to try. Yeah. But speaking of another um, prominent African-American <laughs> uh, figure, we we don't talk much about this particular person, but we do. We have talked about he who must not be named uh, um, D, what are we calling him? D.R.? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, who are we talking about? Oh, yeah, a- that guy. Day Amzi Ray. Mm-hmm. Dave, Dave. So he, I'm gonna have to say his name, Dave Ramsey. I'm gonna I'm I'm start calling him um, Mr. Bankrupt. Mr. Mr. Bankruptcy. <laughs> like the opposite of the Monopoly man. Mm-hmm. So, really quick, because the listener actually reached out and they were like, Did you see the biblical tea on this? No. So, do tell. Pray tell. We, we love, we should have a segment called Tea Time. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, not, again, not to relish anyone's downfall, but this was just a real example of the hypocrisy of. Dave Ramsey's solutions. So it it had come out that in in some reporting, um, and we had published a story. We had posted a link to the story in the show notes. I forget now what the uh, what the news organization was called, but it had come to light that Chris Hogan, one of Dave Ramsey's prominent, what do you want to call them? Like one of his internal gurus, like one of his yeah. his his people, his very prominent figures out there. Um, and he's he actually came out and issued a statement on this, and he acknowledged he had some misconduct. Conduct, girl, girl, he cheated. He cheated, and his wife has a blog, and you can check it out. You know, 
And the, and the way the company, like, what is that? There was, was it the Religious Times? The article that was so damning yes, for Mr. Bankruptcy. Yes, I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah. Yes. And she, that was part of it where she talked about how, you know, because they have a moral conduct code where people have been let go for less. And she went to the company to say, hey, there, there, I, I don't know if it was, I think it was women actually act, at the actual job that he had been inappropriate with. So he went and they basically intimidated the wife. It was like, you know, go ahead on because, you know, he was one of their big money makers. I guess he was just so mussy that they, um, you know, they finally decided to, you know, let him go, I guess. Well, meanwhile, um, I've been searching around. There's actually a complaint, a lawsuit filed against the company by a woman who claims that she was fired for being pregnant because she had yes. an ex because she was not married to her partner. She was fired and she was fired and they told her to her face, this is going to be, I don't know, the easiest EEOC case ever because <laughs> they told her to her face, like you're in violation of our righteous living clause. So righteous living at, at Dave Ramsey basically means you can cheat on your wife, but definitely don't have premarital sex with your partner. Exactly. So she's filed a lawsuit and it'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out. But yeah, Chris Hogan is out. He, he, I don't know. They, it just sounds like they, they let him go which is is very sad, but it just shows you like the hypocrisy, man, to, to have this righteous living clause, but it's not, it doesn't apply to everyone clearly. Mm -hmm. So what does that even mean? Anyway, so there's your um your biblical tea for the day. Well, and, this uh, is not biblical tea, but I wanted to share something. I was like, oh, the, the foolishness. Well, I mean. This is a buzzy buzzworthy today. I know, it is very buzzy. <laughs> So I saw like on Twitter, I was like, why is Kylie Jenner trying to trend? And normally I don't care. But mm -hmm. I saw Kylie Jenner, $60,000. I'm like, hmm, that seems like, like not a lot of money for a Kylie Jenner. What's this about? So apparently um, Kylie Jenner's makeup artist, um, who obviously plays a major role in her life because, you know, like makeup's a huge component. Like that's where she makes most of her wealth, was in a really bad car accident. And as a result, actually needs brain surgery. She posted a GoFundMe. Where she was like, you know, can you help, you know, pay for his surgery? And people lit her up. Imagine <laughs> it was sixty thousand dollars, I'm guessing. Yeah. So she personally donated five thousand dollars, Mandy. That's it. Ooh, Mandy, if you need a brain surgery, I got you for ten. <laughs> you know what I mean? But you know what I mean? Like five, like not that ten thousand dollars is a little bit of money, but not someone who's important to me. And needs brain surgery in order to stay alive. I, I mean, I, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. for someone who is, well, we all know that she like falsified some of her, her, her filings to become the Forbes youngest. They've since rescinded. But still, this is a very wealthy, wealthy, wealthy young woman. And someone said, like, this is what uh, Princess Mia ninety five on Instagram or, or Twitter tweeted, which is so true. And she said, it's not even about the fact that she won't pay for a surge for the surgery herself. But every single last one of Kylie Jenner's sisters is a millionaire. Her parents are millionaires. Her friends are millionaires. But she asked the middle class for money. This family, dot, 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 dot. It's true. Like, let's just say, like, you know, she could just really be like, Kim, God, like, this is my, you know, because if you ever watched Kylie, like, you know, her lives or her whatever, like videos, whatever, she's really close to, they're all young, really close to her team. So this is someone she considers friend and probably partially like her family. And I'm not saying that she owes it to this person to pay their their medical bills, but it's like the audacity to post it. Do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah. Just yeah, out of I'm, touch. I'm sure she was like, yes. I'm going to do a nice thing and share this yes. link. So generous. But 60K, like she probably earned that while she was like- Honestly. On the toilet And you put day, in 5,000? You know? <laughs> that- uh. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, so. ouch. We do remember that story of uh, Lady Gaga's dad. He like started a, a GoFundMe last year after the pandemic hit to pay mm. his restaurant workers, and she was like, "I'm horrified that he did that." But um, it's uh, and then I think her dog walker, the dog walker that uh, that uh, was shot walking her dogs. Remember that story? There was yes. a GoFundMe for his fees, but I feel like Gaga probably has him covered. No, I, I I think I read somewhere that she um that she paid his medical fees. I mean, she was paying half a milli. Wait, yeah, half a million dollars for information about the dogs. I'm like, can. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, oh. So. Oh, wealthy people just, you know, messing up. Just, yeah. Anyway, that's, you know, ugh. 
we said so, Kylie, we said Dave Ramsey. I'm sorry, y'all. Yeah. We said so, their names out loud. Yeah, I know. But I mean, you know, here's the thing. Like I said, because honestly, you can do whatever you want with your money. Obviously, you you have the, the free will and the choice, but it's just kind of like, uh, it is kind of out of touch, especially with so many people struggling now. And let's just say for whatever reason, like this is not her makeup artist or, you know, because people are like, this is, this, she might not even know him or whatever. But if, if you really, if you're wanting to help and serve in that way, you could just literally just ask your friends, you, the people in your house right now could chip in and make this happen versus literally reaching out to people who have been let go, living in quarantine and pandemic, lost jobs, people who are literally waiting for stimulus money in order to pay bills. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is not normal time. So even if this is not your makeup artist, not your, whatever, the fact that you could just turn to your inner circle and handle this versus asking regular everyday people who are actually struggling, girl, stop. Mm -hmm. So, you know, child, but you know, I'm I'm like, "Mm, you ain't said nothing but a word, child. I'm going to read up on this this Chris Hogan thing because I, yeah, I- I just hope, this is why, you know, Mandra and I always say we don't really believe in, we don't, not even, not really, we don't believe in gurus that we're your financial girlfriends. Because I don't think it's smart to get every single piece of financial advice from one person because how possibly can they know all things? Imagine if your doctor was, you're like, ooh, I broke my leg. I can fix that. Oh, my tooth. I can fix that. I need my back crack. I could do that. How? How can your one doctor be an expert in every single component? He would be like a buffet business. You never go to buffets for your favorite food because they're only okay at everything. And that's what you get when you have someone who's like, come to me for all your things. It's like, it's good to mix and match because then you can have discernment over, you know what, that actually doesn't make sense. You know, like Nativa, she's one of my favorite go-tos, a frugal credit nista for all things credit. She like devotes her life to credit knowledge, you know? And like Sandy, if I'm talking about side hustles and how to make money outside of your job or even how to actually make money while at your job, Sandy has devoted years and years to research about how best to do that. So of course you're going to lean to her. You know, I got the budgeting girl. My name is Budgetista. That's what I do. You know. <laughs> and so I just share all of that because um, I think it's, this is a lesson that hopefully people who are still DR um, um, fans to know that it's okay. You know, if that's anything, he certainly has some advice that is helpful, but like the fact that his advice is only take his advice is harmful. Yeah. And that they don't, they're not even willing to give medical, like maternity benefits to a young woman on their staff. Girl, <laughs> I'm sorry. I would love to see this. You got to read this complaint too in this court. The and I was kind of reading like the judge's response and stuff. Like, how do you define righteous living? And I'm sorry. Are you going to present a list of everyone's past sexual history Girl. so we can see if this has been applied equally across employees? And first of all, what no. part of the Bible is that? I just don't even. What Jesus do you know? Because I'm like, <laughs> sir. Literally, Jesus hung out with tax collectors, prostitutes, people like he, his thing was, I want to invite those folks in to hopefully, you know, that through the way I live, that they will elevate, elevate the way they live. He was not about banishing folks. So it's, I just don't know what God these people serve, the God of money, you know, because it's certainly not, you know, the God of the Bible that they, they, they profess to serve. You know, it's just not. I just like literally nowhere does it say that, that you turn someone away, you push someone out. It's literally the opposite, the literal opposite. Please so never like, put me on a pedestal. I just don't want to fall. Yes, you know? please. Like, I'm not. I am <laughs> I'm right good on, down here. That's why I love I love earth. spending my own tea. I'm like, ooh, child, let me show you how um somebody took yeah. me for all my money. And I had a foreclosure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to, because you can't pretend like you're perfect because you're just asking yourself for, you know, just asking yes. yourself for someone to find some dirt on you. <laughs> Andrew Cuomo. Okay. So <laughs> shall we move on to questions real quick and take yes, a quick please. break? Okay, that was a lot of some buzzy tea. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. 
Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. So we are back with your questions. And actually, there's a really fun new way for you guys to send us questions. You can actually call or text us. Did you know that, Tiffany? Ooh, we fancy. We, we fancy. It's also kind of old school, you know? Just like pick up the phone, call your friends. Let's call it the money, the, the, the Brown Ambition hotline. Hot hotline. So let me share that number with you. If y'all want to share, you can still, you know, get your questions to us the old-fashioned ways through IGDM or through email at brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. But if you'd like to call our hotline and leave a voicemail or text us, you can reach us at 844-858-8080. That's 844-858-8080. We can't wait to listen to your questions and we might feature you on the show. Yes, love it. But in the meantime, let's shake up this mailbag. We have a couple of questions from people who are thinking about, so as you guys might know, mortgage rates are still creeping. They're creeping up a little bit, but they're still historically very, very low. And for people who have a lot of equity in their home, meaning that their home is valued more than their existing balance on their mortgage, that's equity. And you can often borrow against that equity, which means you're saying, hey, bank, I've got like $50,000 worth of equity in my home. Why don't you give me a cash loan for $10,000 mm-hmm. and give it to me at a lower rate and I will secure it with my home? Mm-hmm. That's basically what a home equity loan is. That's why they call it a second mortgage because you are using your home again as collateral on that home equity loan. And the benefit to you is that you get the loan at a lower rate because again, you're offering collateral. So the bank feels a little bit more secure loaning it out to you. And some people have found themselves more and more in that position this year because demand for houses is going up a lot of places. People are staying put and they're saying, what can I do with all this equity lying around? Thank you for uh, entertaining my, indulging my quick little uh, (laughs) definition. (laughs) I just feel like, let's start from the beginning. All right. So let me get to these questions. All right. This, uh, a couple of listeners. So question one comes from Instagram. She says, what are your thoughts on using a home equity line of credit to pay off a mortgage quicker? I have about 15 le- 15 years left in my 30-year mortgage. However, due to having student loan debt I took on for my children, I cannot tap into the equity I now have. That means no cash out refinance for me. My debt to income ratio is too high despite having no credit card debt and a credit score of 700. I'm paying double the going interest rate. And frankly, I want to give these banks the finger. <laughs> I saw this as a strategy, but I want to know what y'all think. Wait, what? What are your thoughts? On, I'm going to start from the beginning. What are yes. your thoughts on using a home equity loan line of credit to pay off a mortgage quicker? I have about 15 years left. So you can't do that. Yeah. Come on, wait. So is it the same house or two different houses? It seems like the, you know what? Uh, no, it seems like the same house. I don't know what you're You can't about. borrow. That wouldn't work because then when you're taking out a home equity loan against your current house, that's just an additional mortgage. Yes. It's a new mortgage. So It's a new mortgage. So you would owe that mortgage. So, for example, just think about credit cards, right? So let's just say you say, I owe $10,000 on this credit card. Yikes. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to yeah. take out a cash advance of $10,000 on this credit card. Yeah. Let's just say for whatever crazy reason, they give you the 10. So now you owe, instead of $10,000, you owe 20. Now you use that 10 to pay off the old loan. Woohoo, it's paid off. But wait, I still owe 10 because I owe yeah. the 10 on the new loan. So that's how that would work. So I'm, unless Ooh. the only way I could think about that is, is if they meant 
that it's two separate houses that you were pulling out equity from one house to pay off, you know, the the mortgage on another house. That's the only way I could see that. I think working. it took me a couple times reading this, but I'm actually very interested in this because so I think what this this listener is saying, she wants to remain anonymous, is that so she has 15 years left on her mortgage. Okay. She has so the key things that a mortgage lender is looking at when they are seeing if you qualify or not, and it's very similar the the underwriting process or like the vetting process for getting a home equity loan as it is for a, a traditional mortgage because it's basically the same thing, just probably a, a lower amount. Anyway, so the key things when you're applying for a mortgage that they're looking for is what your DTI, your mm-hmm. debt to income ratio. That's how much your monthly debt payments are versus your monthly income, and then your credit score. And she's saying her credit score is actually good at 700, but mm-hmm. she has a lot of student loans that she took on for her children. Sounds okay. like she might have co-signed them or taken them out herself. And she's not able to qualify for a refi because she's saying that the mortgage she has now, stay with me, is double the going interest rate that's being offered, she says. So I think what's happening is like a lot of homeowners with mortgages right now who have rates that are a lot higher than what's the going rate right now. It's what three something, I forget, mm-hmm. um, or even lower. It's been lower than three. She's saying like the t- the standard thing would be to do a refinance. Refin- because, yes. Yeah, because then I could get a lower interest rate and save money. But because of her high debt oh. balance, she can't do that. We 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 with you now. We're okay, with you now, okay, Anonymous. I'm okay. I pick it up what you're putting down. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so her idea is so with a home equity loan, basically this is like a I mean, the underwriting process is still similar because you are like, you know, applying for a loan from a bank and your home is securing it, that maybe she'll get qualified for a home equity loan that would help her pay mm. off her mortgage a little bit quicker. Um I still don't know if you'd qualify because they're going to look at your DTI too. And they're going to consider that new home equity loan part of your debt when they do that. Like they're going to say, I don't know. I I mean, I mean, you can try. I'm actually, could you try and let us know? Because I'm very curious. um, Yeah. Well, because although it might be easier because to her point that, you know, the the house is the, the, the collateral, you know. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you never, here's the thing. I it, ask, like, don't say, hey, I'm doing this as a way to get around. Just say, you know, like I would, I would reach out to like a mortgage broker and just ask and just say, you know, hey, this is what I was thinking. Cause then you, you, to your point, hmm. but the only thing is, Mandra, what about she, hmm, cash out refi? Is that what she's trying to do? Sounds like she might want to so kill two burns with one stone, like refi her mortgage. But with the cash out refi, Mm -hmm. you actually take cash out at the same time. So maybe she's thinking refi refinance so that I get a lower rate check, and then take cash out so I can. But they put it it right back. Yeah, put it right back. I mean, it's possible. It's possible because we were going to do a cash out refi, and basically to your point, well, it's well because our house is paid off, so I don't know. It wasn't like, am I swapping a mortgage? You know, basically you want to swap one mortgage for another. I, Hey, it's worth a try. I don't know. I'm not a mortgage broker, so I don't know if that would be, you know, if they allow it. But yeah. 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 I also think, you know, if it's true that you've got student loan debt that you've took, taken on for your children, but your credit score is 700, you know, I wonder if a bank would be willing to work with you given even with your this the amount of student loan debt and it doesn't sound like you have you know checked to see if you've been pre-approved for a refinance but maybe you should try you know credit union and with the you know I don't know what kind of student loan debt it is or if you have like let's say it's federal and then you have access to an income based repayment plan maybe there's a way because it does you know it, it's it sucks if you're a homeowner and I, I have family in the same position like they lost their jobs last year but their rate is like six percent they'd love to refinance but yeah. they can't because a bank needs to see employment history, for, right? yes Ugh, so I you're just, just stuck yeah it's just like it's another example of how the financial institutions and the way that financial systems work just don't work for poor people and yeah. people yeah it's it's a shame but thank you for this really challenging question I just like talking about home equity loans. Okay. Here's a similar one too. So uh, wait a second. 
Oh, oh, this is why this. So this is actually not a question. She's just sharing a win with us. Can we share a win from a listener? Yeah, I'd love that. We're down with that. Okay. Wants to remain anonymous, but she says, I've been listening to your show and it's made me think more wisely about the money decisions that I make. So I decided to do a second mortgage and pay off all my credit card debt. The interest rate I got on my home equity loan was way lower. Some of my cards had interest rates of over 20%. I was able to get a home equity loan at 4% and paid off all my credit card debt. The icing on the cake, my credit score increased by 95 points. Just wanted to thank my money BFFs in my head. That's wonderful. Okay. That's like more traditional. So, and this is, you know, there's pros and cons to that, right? Taking out a home equity loan again. The pro is that because you're securing it with collateral being your house, the bank is willing to give you a decent, a much, a much lower rate than you might get from like a credit card. And that is, yeah, that is something that you can do with that money. It's yours to do with what you, as you wish whenever you get it. So using it to consolidate credit card debt is is an option for sure. No, yeah. I was like, and, and you did it right now because now you owe, but at a rate that is significantly less. So that is definitely yeah. a win. Sometimes like the, the reason why you hear some financial gurus and stuff say like, oh, basically you're trading debt for debt. No, I mean, yes, you are. You're trading uh, debt for uh, debt, but less expensive debt. <laughs> You're trading expensive less debt expensive for less debt. expensive debt. And the key is to really pay down that less expensive debt, not to run the other debt back up again. Yeah, just put those cards away. Yeah. That's what you have to do. That's the key. You know, when I used to work for a company where we would um, help match people to different loan options, the sad thing was how many repeat customers there were for loans like this and for um, personal loans because or debt consolidation loans because, yeah, it was just like a Band-Aid. I'm going to get this loan, pay off my high interest debt, and I'm going to, you know, I have this feeling of like I've done something. I'm taking care of it. And mm-hmm. then the old habits rear their yes. ugly heads again. Yep. Yeah. So This is one of the reasons why they the, these companies love them. Not you, girl. That's not what you're going to do. But I'm yeah. just saying you want to be just mindful. I tell people you know yourself best, you mm-hmm. know, like – if you know you're not quite ready to pay off any kind of debt, whether it's ex- expensive or otherwise, then you know get to a place where you do feel ready that if you choose trade in your expensive debt for your less expensive debt through refinancing, through balance transfer, whatever that looks like, then you know because it can really be beneficial. I that's how that was one of the ways I was able to dig myself out of that scam that I experienced in my twenties is that mm-hmm. I transferred all of that debt that $35,000 in credit card debt to credit cards that had the um, 0% interest rate. And so I was able to pay it off um, by doing that, you know? And so, because I was ready to really like stick to it. So it's helpful if you're ready to stick to it, but can actually be very harmful if you're not. Well, I'm glad that it worked out for you, yes. Anonymous. I wish we could say your name, but go girl. That's amazing. <laughs> it and is I amazing. I hope that this is just the beginning of a fresh start for you. Is that a jump like Jordan move, Tiff? 95 points? Um, yes, girl. Jump like Jordan. <laughs> not to steal your catchphrase, Jack. Do, do I owe you now? Over a little no, no, for... girl, please. Okay. That's not even my catchphrase. He, like, I, I went to okay. go look for my, my YouTube <laughs> oh, <you're> video right. <laughs> that said jump like Jordan. Girl, it was gone. I was like, you know what? I ain't even mad, bro. I wasn't supposed to say all that. Because <laughs> someone said, girl, I was trying to share my um, your jump like Jordan YouTube video with my cousin. I can't find it. I was like, really? Jump like, ooh. He was like, not up in here. that's like when i try and post a cute video i i think i posted a cute video of me and the baby dancing and instagram was like we're taking that down because you do not have that maluma song you know you're not the (laughs) owner of that song anyway all right sweet let's take one more quick question this one i thought was interesting and let me see another anonymous listener that's fine no judgment Interesting question, though. So this question is, she says, I'm considering leaving a semi-government job that I've had for 12 years to go to a financial planning position where the company is on a growth path. When they asked me about my salary range, I gave a range, just a few thousand more than what I make now. I responded quickly because I wanted to show my excitement and interest. I did my thorough job salary search after I submitted my range and realized I was shortchanging myself by $5,000 at least. Ouch. They're still interviewing as I've gone through two of three rounds. When they offer me the job, I love that she's like, when, not if. <laughs> when they offer me the job and they stay within my range, should I counter offer based on my research, even if it's outside the salary range that I stated originally? I know I want this job and I don't want to ruin my chances for getting my foot in the door. 
I say yes, but I don't know. I feel like you know you you are our, our career our career go to. What do you? You what know do you, you think? have something. I mean, what if you? No, what if you like you know a, a speaker or a speak? Well, I don't know. A speaking engagement was like, hey, can you do this? And you're just like so excited. You're like, yeah, I'll do it for I've done twenty k. And then you find that. out that, huh? I've done that. <laughs> you have. You find out that you could have gotten more. What if, What would you do in that case? Girl, I ate the loss, but I don't know if I should have. Mm. You know what I, I mean? Would, yeah. My friend actually asked me this not that long ago. He was in the middle of interviewing for jobs in media, and he did the same thing. Like someone reached out and and listen, I've I've been on the hiring side, and often it makes it makes it, the job a little bit easier to to see if you can afford someone if you kind of get a sense of what they're thinking. And if they tell you a range that's like really crazy high, then you can say, okay, maybe you're out of our price range. So yeah, uh, recruiters will sometimes ask that question or even hiring managers just to kind of like weed out people who may be way out of their price range. But you don't have to answer. It's okay not to answer. But listen, the damage has been done. She's answered. And so did my friend who asked me the same question. And my advice to them was absolutely go back and ask for more. Listen, there's no... Like it's not over till it's over. Mm. And and honestly, you shouldn't, I mean, just go confidently. And especially because you did it early, go confidently into that that job offer and say, you know, when I was first talking to you, I I I'm new to this profession. I'm leaving a, mm-hmm. a you know, a job um with different responsibilities. I've heard what you guys have had to say about this position. And I actually think that a more reasonable range would be XYZ. And absolutely. And I would say, you know, even if you get the offer back, still just say, hey, I would like a high, I, I feel like it's just good practice when you get your first offer to counter offer and have a reason for doing it, but to counter offer and all the worst they can do is say, no, you're not. I personally feel confident that you most likely will not lose the job at that point. Like mm-hmm. they have invested so much time into hiring you. Interviews take a long time. Hiring is a pain in the you know what and they don't want to go back to ground uh, to to the starting point, you know. So when you're at the negotiating stage, you know, when you've got your offer, you can absolutely go back. And I would say do it confidently. Um, it's just, it's like an email to HR at the most, you know. Mm-hmm. And if they say no, they say no. But I highly doubt you would risk not getting the job just because of that. And because here's the thing, you don't want to be like me and that like I had this gut feeling because it was a series of speaking engaged. So it was it was compounded. And mm. it was like every time it was a five five part like series. Every time I spoke, I was pissed. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you don't want that in your life. <laughs> I just picture you like, right? I mean, I guess we can talk about Bush right. Like, what do you mean your credit score, girl? <laughs> Speak up. <laughs> yeah, so you don't want that kind of energy because you know you don't want to be working yeah. there with like you know a little bitterness. So, like to Mandy said, hundred like, percent. Yeah. My one of the things I'm working on is not choosing safety when safety is guaranteed. Mm. Meaning that like easier said than done. It is yeah, very but agreed. that's why I'm working on it, girl. We're working on it over yes. working on it, right? <laughs> Meaning that like, let's just say it's almost for example, like how you used to apply for college and they're like, Okay, here's your schools. Your safety school is Rutgers, your 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 dream school is Emory, and your reach is Princeton. Why just apply to Rutgers and go there? If I know 100% I can go to Rutgers, why not try for Princeton? Oh, I didn't get Princeton. Then I go for Emory. Oh, I didn't get Emory. Okay, well, I I know Rutgers is definitely going to say yes. So that's really the key. Like if you, it, it, you know that you can always get that salary, you know, why not go for the gusto and see if you can reach for more? Because to Mandy's point, they put a lot of time and energy. I'm just telling you right now, we just hired a new a person for our finance team, a controller to really help with like our numbers and financial component of the Literature Academy. Girl, that was a six month process to find her. You think I'm trying to do that again? <laughs> right? You, sorry, I got very loud. No, but it's true. But the, I don't, I, you know what I mean? Like, so if someone were to come to me and say, hey, Tiffany, I'm just going to make up a number. You know, I, you know, I know I said I wanted $10, but I was really like, oh, I should have really said 12. I'd be like, honestly, let me look at the budget because sis, what we not going to do is, like, if it's within the budget, I'm not risk letting her go because I don't have six months to look for a new finance person. I just, yeah. it was so hard to find you, you know? So Mandy is right. And me as someone who employs people, I absolutely agree. If I think you're amazing and the budget can can hold it, then I'm willing to negotiate uh, to make it work because I'm like, uh-uh. 
It's a lot of time and effort, sis. No, you, 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 we go together now. You ain't going nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've used this, um, and I've meant it when I've used it in the past, when I've been asking for more and I'm, I'm a sweating under the armpits because it's like a lot more than I uh, had owned or earned at my previous job. But I have said the truth, which is that, you know, I, I really see this as a long-term job for me. It's not just the next, the place I'm going to be at for the next couple of years. It's a place where I want to be for several years. And I also really want to be excited. I want compensation to reflect how excited I am and how perfect I am for this job. So can we get those things closer together? Mm -hmm. And then you have a number in mind. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think that you should... Hopefully we, you didn't send this question that long ago. Hopefully we got you in time. Yes. Let <laughs> us definitely know. Definitely go back. Let yes. us know. <laughs> Let us know. All right. Well, thank y'all again for your questions. Let me get that phone number again. You know, if y'all want to drop us a little <clears throat> voicemail. Eight, six, seven, five, three, oh, nine. Don't, don't confuse call that them. Number. I know. Don't call <laughs> it's not that. <laughs> I know. That's we need like this song. We need the Salino and Barnes jingle. Oh, we do. Um, Salino we do. and Barnes industry. Again, I'm we're I confusing. Know all the <laughs> that's some good marketing. Uh, I'm okay. such a latchkey kid because that's like the stuff that you like, you know, just watching TV when you came home. That was my babysitter. Yeah. In Georgia, it was Montlick and Associates. You don't have to settle for love. Okay. Our number, though, because that's what you're here to talk to, right? You can leave us a voicemail on our hotline, 844-858-8080. 844-858-8080. You can leave us a voicemail. You can text us. And you may actually hear your voice. That's the cool thing about it on yes. the show, asking us your questions now. Don't read us like a long, long statement. Don't tell us what don't you have to Don't tell us your breakfast. name if you don't want us to say it. Don't say, my name is Anna, but, but don't say my name. Just don't say yeah. it. Just don't say it. Make up a name. <laughs> my name is Darlene. Use a voice disguiser, whatever you want to do. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see what comes through. Thanks, y'all, for your questions. And... Let's get on to the last and final segment. It's time to boost or break or boost or break. Are you gonna boost? Are you gonna break? Are you gonna cheer or say I can't take anymore? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, you know, I felt like I had it, but then I lost it. But then I, you know, you know what I mean? I'm going to scoop um, it up and <laughs> hand it back to you. <laughs> are you going to boost? Are you going to, I'm going to personally do a boosty breaky. What are you going to do? I'm going to boost. I'm feeling, mm. Yes, I'm definitely going to boost. And one more time, just to our, our Asian American brothers and sisters, stand with you and my heart goes out to you and um, just so much love. But I wanted to do a boost because I read that Wyoming has its first black sheriff in 130 years. What? 130 years. So this man's name, Aaron Apple. I almost said applesauce. Aaron <sighs> Applehaas. Applehaas, bless you. In the New York Times, they had a story about him. It's a really, really a cool oh. little profile. But first black man, he's got his dreads. He looks amazing. Um, first black sheriff in Wyoming. That cannot be an easy job. So shout out to Aaron uh, and congrats yes. on making news. First congrats. but not the last, right? Yes. No, that's awesome. So I think I'll do my my break. My break is pretty light, but and then I'll boost because it's always nice to end on a good note. So this break goes out to, which I'm sure the very lovely couple who was getting married recently and you were at Michael's and Michael's was closing. It was 6.50 and Michael's closes at 7. You were in front of me in the framing line. You were framing some cute little thing for your wedding, which no problem. Lady goes in the back. She says, it's going to take a little minute. Okay. I waited for, you know, I don't know, 10 minutes for her to put your thing in the in the, in the the frame or whatever. I waited patiently. Girl, I had my headphones on. I was listening to podcasts. I was good. Until you said, can I check out here? And I was like, <laughs> meanwhile, Michael's is basically empty. And so you could go to the front to check out. Framing, you know, it's like it's like getting checked out at like the, the photo pharmacy. center. At like, you know, at like Walgreens. You know, like right, just go yeah. to the front. Because I'm waiting to get my stuff framed. <laughs> okay. So, because I printed out like a poster of the book. So that way when I do like press interviews, whatever, like video, you know, you can see the book behind me. Oh, I thought, cool. Like, I want right? one. And so like, I saw like Lovey do it. I'm like, oh, I like it. Stealing that idea. And I saw um, Nicole Walters do it for her new show. She's the boss. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do that. So I was just like, oh, okay. So I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. And they were like, can you check out here? So I was like internally like, oh boy. But you know what? Honestly, still patient. Then it was like, oh, wait, I think we want a different frame because they were buying all these frames for their wedding. 
So the the um, the the fiance, the woman, runs to the aisle to get something else. Oh wait, actually, I forgot we have a twenty percent off coupon. Can you use this? Wait, can you void that, Mandy? I was like, oh my god. Oh my god, I'm oh enraged god. for you. I'm behind god. you in the line wanting to kick someone, <laughs> girl. And I and I I try not to be the person that like visibly huffs and puffs in line. Because, you know, I'm like, I don't want to make, make it a phone call, but I literally, it just escaped. I said, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, what was that out loud? Because they turned and looked at me and I was like, I mean, is it possible that you guys can go to the front, please? Because honestly, the store is closed and I have yet not submitted my poster. Meanwhile, the chick behind the counter or the man, she they probably really were feeling the same way. They were. And it was an older <laughs> lady, so she didn't know how to do any of the things. She was trying to avoid. Mm. They were doing too much. Sarah was 70. And I was like, I can see Sarah. <laughs> it's not equipped. She's not equipped. So I was like, oh, my God. I was like, and then he was like, no, can you avoid it? Can you avoid? I was like, wait, I you see me here. self-awareness. Yeah, that's really what it was. I thought to myself, it was just like, it was really, honestly, it was, it was rude. Like, I could see if you didn't see me behind you, but she turned around and was like, hey, hey, you know, when he came up, you know, this is going to take me 10 minutes. Is that okay? I said, that's fine. So you see me there, you know, the store is empty. She could, he could have just went to the front. You don't need to be checked out here, especially if you have all these special orders, you know? And then I guess that like, you know, his um, fiance realized like, wow, this is pretty rude. And she was like, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. And I was like, it's fine, but it wasn't fine. But I said that because, you know, what, what can you say? And so like, you know, plus, you know, they were a cute little couple. I could tell they were excited about their wedding and getting their decorations together or whatever. But I was mm. like, you know, they were, she was trying to pull up her app for Groupon so she could save for 20. No, not that. Well. App. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> girl, la, la, la. So that is my. Like, I that will is, pay you $20 to get out girl, wait, of this line. I got you. I will pay <laughs> So, and then, of course, you know, to that insult to injury, I go to the, the front and, and I didn't even know, need to wait there, girl. She was just like, girl, you could just buy that frame and put your poster in there. I was like, what? <laughs> so 20 minutes later, I could have been in and out in two minutes. And you but, risked your life for that. Yes. You're out there in COVID time. COVID. Okay. <laughs> just trying to get my poster frame. And she was like, well, why would you pay? You know, she's like, one, it's going to take a week. And this framing is going to take like $90. You know, you could just put it, you could just buy a frame because it like I got it from Staples. So it was like a traditional size, like 24 by 36 or whatever. She's like, yeah. you just buy that frame for 30 bucks right there. I was like, mm. and she was like, but she told me, she told me like, you know, the, the older lady told me, thank you so much. Cause I was like really annoyed. Cause she was like, yeah. and I was like, no, no problem. I mean, I, you know, I don't, I never, like I said, I never want to be rude, but I was like, are you kidding me? Please don't stay late at a retailer. These people get paid minimum wage. Yes. You're waiting for your butt to get out of that store. Yeah, Just and that's why I felt along. bad, honestly, because I knew, because by then it was like 7, 10. I'm like, I know they're closed, you know? Yeah. Um, so anyway, that was my break. Don't do that again, people. Don't do that again. No one's excited about your wedding <laughs> but you. Um, and then my boost goes out to Supergirl. I don't know if you, well, I'm sure you remember, but remember before I was having a really hard time with Supergirl? She was going through a thing, yes. Whew. The for sign like, on the door comes for, to mind. Girl, remember? That's why <laughs> Do remember not enter. <laughs> Do, you if you mate. need to enter, for those of you, I don't remember what episode it was, but Supergirl <laughs> got in big trouble for slamming her door. And then her father said, you know, don't, you know, obviously, because she's a teenager, don't you slam it. And all the huffing and puffing. So then she put a note on her door to telling me, Tracy was like, because you know my sister Tracy is staying with me, and she was like, uh, did you did, did you see the note on Alyssa's door? I was like, no, because you know, sometimes she'll just have a, a note on her door that just says Alyssa's room. And she was like, no, I think you gotta wanna read it. <laughs> and it was just like, basically, it might as well have said Tiffany, do not come into my room or touch any of my things. Um, <laughs> if you need something from my room, because she pays bills, right? Then please call me at my mother's house. <laughs> so needless to say, when she came home, the door was off the hinges. She was like, wait, what? It was for a full week. Um, so she learned that's her the, lesson. That's the parent move for me. Yes. That's the one where I'm like, I can't wait. Yes. <laughs> Let me, I'm going to be like, mm, And remember, right I felt so bad, but I called her. I was like, you know, that sign was so rude. As a matter of fact, I'm in your room right now. Can you hear me? Step, 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 step. <laughs> so, so I was like, don't do that. <laughs> you don't pay bills here. Her mother was to say, look, thankfully, her mother's awesome. She was like, girl, you walk. Because I sent her a picture. She was like, no, she did. I said, yes, she did. She said, I saw I heard her mother also chastising her. But either way, since then, honestly, things have been awesome for the past, like, I don't know, six to eight months. I honestly, like, our relationship has really grown. She's just turned into, I mean, she's still only 14, so I'm sure we have some hell ahead. But right now, things are just really great. Um, she's just been such a help. She does, like, little stuff for me for the Budgetista and 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 for my sister Tracy's um, business, uh, her PR business. But 
I want to be a I want to be Supergirl when I grow up because the way she has her life planned out, I'm like, girl, the balance. So <laughs> I will. So Supergirl goes to school during the day. First of all, she gets straight A's always since like I've been here. So always the occasional B, but straight A's. So even though this is her first year in high school, still doing really well. So she does her schoolwork and then. She works with Tracy, like, you know, she's in Slack, like a grown person, like, hey, here are my responsibilities. And then I had her do some stuff like there's some books that I made. Oh, Mandy, I've got to send you a book. You got to text me your address. Yeah. Oh, I, you mean I paid? I mean, yeah. I'm always I was going to pay. I, I, I bought one. <laughs> Good. I'm so glad you, you can give away this one. one. Yes, you can give this one away. So so I have to like pack some of them up like the the the. What's the name? Like Penguin sent me like a bunch of my books. Oh, I didn't plug my book today. You can get Get Good With Money, <laughs> 10 Simple Steps to Becoming Financially Whole at GetGoodWithMoney.com. You had me crying when you were <laughs> unboxing that box of books. For real. I know. I wasn't meant, I was not intending to cry. So she's been helping me with all that kind of stuff. And so one day, Tracy was telling me like, she's like, girl, I want to be Alyssa. Because she was talking to herself kind of. She's like, okay, I finished my schoolwork. You know what? I think I'm going to do the... um. Pack the boxes for Tiffany for about an hour. I'm gonna do a little bit of Tracy work, and then I'm gonna work on my own hobbies because she has a YouTube channel now and like sells lip gloss on the side. Who knows? And then she's like, "Oh, then Daddy comes home at five, so we're gonna watch movies." And then I think I can make, I'm actually gonna turn in early. That <laughs> I'm like, so she has planned time for herself, rest, family time, work, and school. I don't even. <laughs> Like, you need to teach a class. I was like, she is the most, I wouldn't even say well-adjusted 14-year-old, well-adjusted 40-year-old. That's a 40-year-old woman right there. Because <laughs> so, she's well, around listen. adults all day. I'm she just gets so, to see you at work. I'm sure you've had an influence on her. But honestly, yeah. I, I'm just really proud of her. She has just grown into this amazing young woman. Like, she texted Tracy the other day and said, hey, I finished all my tasks that you gave me. Is there anything else? And Tracy's like, no, we're good. She's like, you know, I'm more than willing and open to learn new things. Like if oh. you want to teach me, I was like, look at this. She will mom. go very far. You don't have yeah. to tell me. That's what a million. That's she's gonna be a millionaire by whatever. Because Girl. those two things: time management, being a night. Three things: time management, being nice, mm -hmm. and then being willing to have feedback. That's the, the shortest career advice book you'll ever read. Yes, I'm just <laughs> like you know. It just feels really good because I mean. You know, if, for those of you who have stepkids, you know, it's not always easy integrating. You know, I came into her life. She was pretty young, like six or seven, but still, you know, and her mom is super active in her life. So she doesn't need another mother, you know, so it was hard for me to figure out where I fit. And so, like, I feel like I'm like aunt plus, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, but it's just like, thankfully, her parents, I've never, ever, ever one in one day had have ever had an issue with her mother or like her father. I mean... You know what I mean? Like it's always I've always had such great support from them, thankfully. But it hasn't it still has not been easy because she's still a kid and navigating like, wait, should I care about Tiffany? Because I love my mom and wait, I want my dad to be back together with my mom. Not for them to be together, but just for me. And so there was just a lot of that. So just to see her grow up, just to like like, you know, she's just kind and empathetic, but then also just to see how well that she's navigating. She doesn't even want to go to school. She's such an old lady. She's like, yeah, I actually like this home learning. I'm like, you don't want to go to high school? It's so fun. She's like, mm, it doesn't look that fun. <laughs> like, okay. okay. She wants to be home and make her coin. Okay. This girl's over here killing it in the streets. She is. I'm like, how much have you made so far? And like the last, like, you know, since like quarantine, she's like, mm, about four or $500. I'm like, for, for a 14-year-old, she is killing it. And so, yeah, I'm just like, that is my boost. And, you know, when she starts her life coaching, I'll let you guys know. <laughs> Because she can teach us a thing or two about managing her time in a way that honors, you know, time with family, time with herself, uh, her responsibilities, and her her money making, um, you know, uh, ventures. And so, yeah. So when she starts, I'm first in line when she starts doing life coaching. Then you guys can have her after me. <laughs> so that is my. I boost. love to see it. <laughs> love it all. Hey, Supergirl! I'm so proud of you too. I feel like I've watched you <laughs> grow up through Tiffany's words <laughs> for five years. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Getgoodwithmoney.com, y'all. Yes. Go. Run. Go. Take the financial wholeness quiz. That's what it's called, right? Yes. And it's that right okay. there at getgoodwithmoney.com. And next week, it comes out on the 30th. Mm. So I heard a little birdie told me that, you know, some books might actually be shipped a little bit earlier, maybe Monday. You never know. But definitely by Tuesday. So you'll get them as soon as next week, which is so crazy. You'll be you'll be able to hold me in your arms. <laughs> I'm I'm, I actually want to go to a bookstore and see it on the shelf. Oh, my gosh. In the so, wild. 
Yes. I don't know if I'm allowed to say what bookstores are in just yet, but so I don't know. Well, I'll just say, well, definitely Barnes and Nobles. Um, well, I think I am. And I think that, um, what are those bookstores that are in the airports? So some Hudson News have picked them up, which is awesome. Ooh, I you know. The I Ooh, know. You and you know what I really love that warmed my heart? I found out today that a lot of libraries have ordered them. Tiffany, a lot. And they were amazing. just really surprised. They were like, wow, Tiffany, they said, we've had so many libraries reach out. And many of them have ordered multiple copies. And I'm just like, oh, my God. I don't know. I guess I was like a, a kid that really enjoyed the library. So just yes. to know that libraries are like, we want this book for our, our readers. So just, you know, it just feels really good. And if your library hasn't, it's actually a, a great way. If you're like, honestly, I don't have the coin, call your library and say, hey, can you order Get Good With Money? Because they can. Um and then that way you can pick it up from the library as soon as it's there. So, Awesome. And we will be doing a little preview of what you have in the book, mm -hmm. um, Financial Wholeness Checklist, on next week's show. So yes. check that out. And, oh, okay, I'm so excited. I can't wait. I, I haven't been this excited about a book since Harry Potter 7, to be honest. <laughs> oh, that's saying a lot because I know how much you love right? Harry Potter. That's I like do. you saying, girl, I love you like like uh, chocolate chip cookies, fresh baked chocolate chip cookies, because everybody knows how much I love those cookies. <laughs> yeah, because that was an event when you got the new book out. Yes. When it gets on my store doorstep, I can't wait. All right, cool. <laughs> well, thank you for another lovely show, BA fam. Um, hit us up on Instagram, Brown Ambition Podcast, or Twitter at the BA Podcast, and have a great week. You too. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.